Welcome to From Beyond, a podcast about consciousness, metaphysics, and a wide variety of provocative spiritual topics. Cindy Riggs is an internationally renowned Universal Channel author and spiritual consultant. Cindy has been practicing professionally since 1997, and she has a unique and fascinating perspective on spirituality. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, Jeffrey. Thanks for being with me. Appreciate you having me again. Sure. Um, I want to talk today about Vishnu Speaks, my other book. Absolutely. My first book that I that I published, and the, interestingly, the way it came about was fascinating because I was in a session, and as many sessions occur, I just open myself up to whoever wants to speak to my client, whoever wants to contribute to the session. And this time I saw a trident in my mind's eye. I saw a saffron color and I heard the name Vishnu. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Sounds like a Hindu god. I don't know this one, but I'm going to go ahead and yeah, sure, come on in, spirit. And... <clears throat> The energy was so very powerful, and the messages were so very powerful that day. And then I looked up Vishnu mm -hmm. <laughs> to discover that it was a god of gods, one of a trinity, mm -hmm. of creator gods of all the other Hindu gods. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, and soon after that, I would be meditating. Vishnu would appear. He'd merge with me. The energy was amazing. He'd do energy work on me. And then he said, I want to write a book. And I said, I don't know anything about writing a book. Mm -hmm. How on earth? And he just said, create the time and space. And I'll give you one chapter a day. Wow. He said, I'll give you the table of contents right now. And he did in order. And then I would get up early, get my space ready, mm -hmm. get my laptop open. And then... Um, I'd just wait and type what he was saying, and it would be the next chapter. Like, every day it was like the next chapter. That's amazing. Fascinating. Fascinating. So this book, and particularly one statement that we'll get to later, was really life-changing for me. And I hope that it could be life-changing for others. Mm -hmm. I know he wanted me to get the book out before 2012. The, um, you remember December 21st, 2012, yes. how that was going to be a major paradigm shift for us. And we did, we got it out, uh, published and printed before that date, I believe it was September mm -hmm. of 2012. So I'm particularly proud of this one. Not that I did it, but that I compiled it <laughs> right. and that I allowed it to happen and I followed the instructions mm -hmm. of the deity. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just amazing to me. And what is also amazing is the simplicity of the information, how he just gets right to the point. This is not a very thick book. No. And I love how he just gets right to the point. First thing he says, there are two ways you can think in the duality of your world from fear or truth. Now, we've heard this before. Mm-hmm. Many times before, but unless we're doing, unless we're really getting it, we need to keep reading it over and over, right? So fear or truth, and he calls fear the lower self. Yes. Now we sometimes call it the ego, mm -hmm. terrorist in our head. Yes. I got that yeah. from you. Thank yeah. you. Um, and then our true self or our soul, mm -hmm. which is also truth. Mm -hmm. 
parasite or ally, terrorist or peacemaker, devil inside or God inside. These are other ways of thinking fear versus truth or lower self versus true self. And then you can also think of conditional love or unconditional love. Mm -hmm. These are the ways that we operate. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and we don't operate in one all the time. Well, hopefully <laughs> most of us don't. Um, yeah, we hope not. That's for sure. Well, there are people who operate only from the ego. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, in my opinion, rough way to go at it just because it you are um, always looking outside for validation for happiness. Yep. Um, you also spend more time in fear than you do in love or in truth. Mm -hmm. um, and fear always... could mean victimhood. Yes, right? absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep. People who say I, I am the victim here. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy Vishnu from the standpoint of obviously he's, he's got a male energy to him. Yes. Thus your point about being direct and, direct, and, and that's very, right. uh -huh. yeah, like that, that all makes a ton of sense to me. And that's what makes the book to me. Um, easy to read is that it's, it is very mm -hmm. to the point, but not surprised due to its its male energy for sure. Right. This book is only, let me see, 80, not quite 80 pages. Yeah. And that seems like, oh, a quick read, but it's so dense. It is. It's, it's to <laughs> me a good chapter, let it sit for a second type of thing, mm -hmm. let it marinate. Um, for you before you go pick it up again. I mean, you 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 could read it in a day if you wanted to. Sure. I just think it's it's You're one gonna... one way to do it is to just take it a chapter at a time, let it marinate, and and see what it does to you. Yeah, I've had clients say, "I'm reading it for the third time, this time with a highlighter, or with <laughs> I'm underlining yep. this time because you can read it pretty quickly, but then are you really absorbing it? Correct. Or integrating Correct. it. Correct. So, um, one wonderful thing he says is truth is already programmed into you yes the universe is loving so yes. therefore the truth piece to me that makes a ton of sense yeah. and what we really are is truth mm -hmm. now when i say truth i mean aspect of the god source mm -hmm. truth is love truth is the true self mm -hmm. so truth is already programmed into you that doesn't mean i'm right about everything it means that i am truth which is way beyond the duality and the ego. Yes, of this plane, absolutely. Of this plane. So yep. right and wrong are illusions, he says, reminds us. Concepts in the mind of the lower self. Yeah. I We've talked about right and wrong quite a bit on mm -hmm. here. And mm -hmm. to me, those are all perspectives because um, while that statement speaks to um, the duality of self in this plane, Right and wrong also is a perception. What is right for one person could be wrong for another. Exactly. Um, and, and obviously that's uh, stirred many a debate over time. <laughs> <laughs> um, every debate, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, what's right for one is not necessarily right for the other, that's mm -hmm. for sure. And so uh, Vishnu says what you already spoke to. If you are looking outside yourself for validation, acceptance, recognition, then you are still operating from your lower self. And I go back to that last statement, right and wrong are illusions, concepts of the mind of the lower self. Everything in the mind is the lower self mm -hmm. because it's not the truth. Mm -hmm. Our true self does not think or have a personality. No. It just is. Mm -hmm. And it's all knowing. Mm -hmm. It took me quite a while to truly get that. Yeah. And there's still, there's still days, moments that... Um, we still end up in our own lower selves. Oh yeah. The the development, the path to enlightenment, you know, is that goal to um, 
I don't want to say be perfect, but like that's kind of how it feels because to me, enlightenment um, at at its highest point is the ability to see something and let it be what it is yes. instead of passing mm-hmm. a judgment on it, which goes back to your right and wrong concept. Right. Because believe me, in, in my own work, there's there's plenty of things that mm, that's not right. <laughs> and right. so, you yeah. know, by by force of the work that I choose to do, I have mm-hmm. to, to look at things sometimes as right, as right and wrong. Well, of course, yes. But in my own spiritual mind's eye, I'm looking at it going, well, that's what that individual needs to do right in that moment. Mm-hmm. But having to work with the duality of working for somebody in this plane, like you, you have to to go through those things, and it and it makes sense to me why people struggle, because if you choose to, you know, perform a certain set of responsibilities for a company or a school district mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. like you're going to run into those things. But that's where enlightenment tools come into play yes. and are so important because Very. being able to. <clears throat> see the right wrong but still maintain the dignity of the individual involved which mm-hmm. to me is the enlightenment piece while being able to honor what you've agreed to mm-hmm. like i think that's that's real to me that's real level stuff when you think about people asking a question you might be listening here of how do i apply this because i do this job and yeah and this person's a problem mm-hmm. and yeah well this this information is very helpful mm-hmm. then can be very helpful for mm-hmm. that situation in any situation and when you mentioned perfectionism, mm-hmm. it's funny how we know we can't be perfect mm-hmm. here. <laughs> and yet I think we all try yeah. because we know that inside we really are perfect. Mm-hmm. Deep inside we are perfect. Mm-hmm. But our personality is not. And most things in this world are not. Mm-hmm. Maybe nothing in this world is. And so I think we all think, well, I can do it perfectly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's because we have that deep knowing that we are perfect, but we're not perfect as a personality. Yes, the deep knowing and letting the ego get involved to be competitive and say, I'm going to be. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, That's exactly. fun stuff. That's exactly. fun stuff. So um, he reminds us that all we can control is the shifting of our awareness. Now, what you were talking about with the job or, you know, the corporation, whatever we're doing how we can apply this is choosing our point of view mm-hmm. and all we can control is the shifting of our awareness, which if we don't like what we're seeing, could we shift it even into its opposite just to see how that other person might be perceiving it. Does yeah. that make sense? Oh, of course. Seinfeld did a whole episode on opposite day. <laughs> opposite <laughs> so, day. <laughs> yeah. So whatever, whatever, like, um, yeah. Uh, the mind wanted to do, they did the opposite type of thing. No, I agree with you. And it speaks to, again, stuff we talk to and speak of regularly on here, which is what can you control? And mm-hmm. the things that are in your control are yours. So when you One seek thing, it out, really. yeah, yeah, I mean, is your awareness of it? You know, mm-hmm. believe me, you know, in the work that I do, there are plenty of things that could, if I chose to, allow them to be upsetting, you mm-hmm. know, those kind of things. But just taking a step back and looking at a situation and saying, okay, what is the perspective I, I want to take on this versus what do I need to take on this? Mm-hmm. Because to me, the want to is the ego speaking, you know, you want to say oh, this yeah, or do girl. that. Yeah. Uh-huh. But what do I need to do? Well, the first thing is to maintain the dignity of the individual and then apply whatever it is I'm supposed to apply in my work. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, the detachment from the situation to say, this is what it is. And this is what, you know, I'm supposed to do or need to do with this, 
leaves me going home at, at night, be able to put my head on the pillow per se, mm-hmm. right. to say, look, I, you know, this could be upsetting. I choose not to because there's, there's nothing here at work that's that important mm-hmm. that I should be choosing to be immersed in seeking gratification from, you know, reprimanding somebody or just, you know, right. whatever the case may be. Because right. to me, when you yell at somebody over something, look, you're seeking to validate whatever it is you think your opinion is and you want to make sure you put them in their place. Right. Feeling right. Correct. Feels so good to the ego. Mm -hmm. But it's lowering your frequency for all of you who want to raise your frequency Mm -hmm. out there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't help. And some people would say, well, it's just human to have these emotions. Yeah, it is human Mm -hmm. to have these emotions. Absolutely. But I also don't have to choose it. Yeah, you don't have to. And, you know, the folks who who walk in corporations and hallways and buildings every day who, um, I use the word miserable, like you can oh, just yeah. tell their energy oh, yeah. puts it out and every time they speak, like you can tell that they are just not happy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, they're seeking this validation outside. What they, what they don't seem to have at that point in time is an awareness that they have the choice to make the change. That's true. Yes. You know, and it's, yeah. it's interesting to me because to me, <clears throat> Vishnu's cutting us down to a real simple idea, yeah. which is, don't seek the validation on the outside. Seek it on the inside mm-hmm. because that's where the good stuff lies. That's where truth is, where love is. And ego resides outside of that. So as soon as you step outside of that, now, you, you know, choose what you're going to choose. And if you're not aware, okay, you're probably going to experience some stuff. Right. So how? Mm-hmm. How do you step out of that? Vishnu says stillness and quiet are your tickets to knowing. Mm-hmm. Now, knowing is not knowing in the mind. This is not what he's talking about. He's talking about the knowing of your true self, Mm -hmm. which knows everything, Mm -hmm. knows all the answers, all the solutions. Stillness and quiet are your tickets to knowing. How is that possible? Because stillness and quiet is a meditative state where we can let go of the mind. Mm -hmm. Now, everybody says to me, I can't quiet my mind, so I can't meditate. Um, You're missing the point because (laughs) meditation is a practice to retrain your mind. Mm-hmm. We've all been trained, as we've talked before, with programming mm-hmm. by our society mm-hmm. that we should react to things. And I think people need to be real patient with themselves when they oh, yes. go about trying to learn how to do that. Because no different than an athlete who spends time in a weight room mm-hmm. or out on a field, you know, training their muscles to do stuff. The, the mind's the same way. That's right. You know, an athlete can't expect... To be a certain size, weight, speed, those kind of things in one workout. In one workout, right. Whereas, you know, we think if we can't be still and quiet, then I must not be any good at this. I might as well not work at it. Like, to me, you got to have some grace with yourself Mm -hmm. to say, look, I'm going to try. Because it took me for forever. Because I I do find it it interesting talking about stillness and quiet. Um, I think everybody goes to, well, i got to sit in a room by myself. You don't have to. No, you don't. Stillness and quiet can exist in your mind amidst the chaos of mm-hmm. a mall. <laughs> like That's if right. you can calm right. yourself down, slow stuff down, and just take a step back, focus on your breathing or something like that. You can be amidst chaos and still be quiet and still. Mm-hmm. That's right. And able to then gain perspective. Because like it just it's a choice. It is a choice. Yep. Right. Yep. And when it comes to the whole right and wrong conversation, I love when Vishnu said, remember that no one, no spirit, no supreme being mm-hmm. is judging you. Only you are judging you. And I would recommend you reduce that to discernment or assessment. 
I, Instead of judging. Yeah. Are you ripping somebody or are you coaching them? Like it's, it's really. Right. Are you talking badly to yourself? Yep. Or are you talking loving, lovingly to yourself? Right. And, and we all know the person that we're hardest on in our lives is ourselves. That's right. Like whether we admit it or not, that voice inside our head, the terrorist in our head mm -hmm. is always tearing you down. Always. Versus. Attempting to. Yeah. Right. Attempting to. <laughs> but really. Truth is stronger. Love is stronger than ego. Mm -hmm. And we can choose that to get to that place where we're only being discerning instead of saying, boy, I messed that up. How can I make it better? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and, and I understand that people see that as just flipping words. It makes a difference. Flipping words. Because words are energy. Words are energy. And if I say I'm a failure, mm -hmm. that energy just shoots my, my mm -hmm. frequency down mm -hmm. into the ground. Mm -hmm. But if I say, I am doing my best, mm -hmm. you know, it just feels different. And even if I don't believe it yet, I have to keep <laughs> saying it. Yeah. But even in that moment, let's say that you do feel that you're doing your best. To me, even if you are doing your best, and let's say you lose your job, or if you're an athlete, you lose your starting position, or mm -hmm. if you're first chair trumpet, you lose that chair, like you still have a choice. Like it's not terminal. It's not the end of the world. Right. You know, to me, if I, if I were to be fired from my job, I know that for me, one, it was supposed to happen that way. But more importantly, yes. now I've got an opportunity. Right. Instead of saying, man, I just, I just lost that. I can't, I'd like it. There's no, there's no reason that you have to paralyze yourself in that moment. That's right. Because you now have a choice to say, okay, that didn't work out. That energy wasn't right there. Now I can go. And take a look and see where else I can be. But you have to be able to make that choice in that moment by saying, look, this is not terminal. This is not right. fixed. It is. And even if you're given a terminal diagnosis, it may not be terminal either. Correct. But we all have a terminal illness. It's called human <laughs> being yeah. human because we're all dying. That's we're all going to die. That's the truth. That's the truth. <laughs> Nobody gets out of here. Alive. Nope. nope. We get down <laughs> so, alive. That's good. Right. Door, doors quote. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so there are a couple other things I wanted to mention before we bring Vishnu here. Yeah. To speak with us. Excited about that. Yes. And whatever questions we determine mm -hmm. would be helpful. Um, money. I love when he talked about money, and I have some bonus material for that that's not in the book. Mm -hmm. So he says, and I quote, money attracted from your lower self or your lower vibrational frequency holds that same energy within it. So it continues to attract more experiences of hardship in order to continue replenishing it. Mm -hmm. Money attracted from your true self, your higher vibrational frequencies, holds that energy within it. So it continues to attract more experiences of effortless abundance. So if you're drudging along in your job, I hate this, I hate this, I'm just waiting for retirement, um, that money you, you get from being there does not really uplift you. And that's a great point for people even now, because there, there's a lot of things in, in social media and the news about quiet quitting and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like to me, that's a real interesting point in time when you go, I don't want to do this anymore, mm -hmm. but you stay out of fear, fear of, mm -hmm. I won't make the same amount of money, I'll fear of, yeah. I, I won't have benefits, fear of right. fill in the blank. But are you denying your true self by doing that? Oh, yeah. By, by making a choice of maybe adjusting your lifestyle temporarily or just saying, look, this here may not feel real good in the moment to let go of these resources, but 
because you're making a good choice, understanding that now you're drawing some other type of abundance to mm -hmm. you. That's right. Whether it be money or something else that's a resource that allows you to be your more authentic self. Right. And so people always say to me, my job is not fulfilling me. It's not what my soul wants. I'm like, well, if you know it's not what your soul wants, then move on to something else. However, <laughs> do you just think it's not what your soul wants? Because if you're in that state of hating it, you do not know what your soul wants. You do not have access to your soul's wisdom. Yeah. You're in your ego. Yep. So, um, you know, I've been fired twice. And the first time I didn't handle it very well. The second time I did because I had the awareness of, okay, this obviously wasn't in alignment. Mm -hmm. Even then I didn't truly understand how I could make it more fun. I could make it better because I just kept choosing to perceive it as something I didn't like. Mm -hmm. Well, choosing, so, choosing the validation outside of you. Like, right. Yep. Right. And so I totally asked to be fired. I asked for it by thinking that way mm -hmm. and by not being grateful for it. Mm -hmm. And so it was a good lesson for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I would like that other people don't have to have that lesson. Mm -hmm. That's why I put out so much information trying to help them. Mm -hmm. The bonus material for the money piece. Mm -hmm. So I had a client. She read the book. She came in. She goes, I understand the money thing. I still don't have it. I said, all right, Vishnu, what you got? He said, it's simple. <clears throat> and it speaks to this previous paragraph. You have to think about money or have the attitude about money that you have about ice cream. You know you love it. You know it's available everywhere. But you don't know where you're going to get it the next time you eat it. But when you have that confidence that anytime you want ice cream, you can get it. That's the kind of attitude or energy that will attract more. <laughs> and it'll attract it in ways you hadn't thought of. I've had people say, all of a sudden my uncle died and I never knew I was going to get money. Mm. You know, like mm -hmm. <laughs> interesting. It's come to me in interesting ways with other opportunities aside from what I do. Um, so that's the bonus material. That's awesome. For the money. Um, duality and good. We've kind of talked about that. There's, there's more emphasis on that in the book. Doing and being, Buddha's talked about that. Mm -hmm. It's more important how we are being than what we are doing. I have some bullet points here about that, but maybe Vishnu can help us. So have you thought about some questions to ask? I have, but Alan I'm also going to be anxious to see what Vishnu has to say, because that typically, at least for me, as somebody asking questions, usually spurs more questions to come. Mm -hmm. But sure. really simply to me, just talking to people in terms that they understand. I'm hoping that Vishnu will take time today to speak to people in a way that they can apply it. Um, mm -hmm. Sure, he usually does. Yeah, and his, pretty straightforward. his directness, I think, will be as good as any that we've we've had to channel mm -hmm. on here because sure. I assume that most people who are listening are looking for practical stuff, you know, so. Right, and the book's full of it. Yep. It's so. all practical stuff. This is all something anybody can do. Right. You don't have to be a yogi to do this stuff. Correct. Practicing being is something that he emphasizes too. We'll see if he... I'm bringing him in now. I remember the first time I merged with him, which is always the most intense for any 
being, um, it felt like cool water was running through my whole body. Mm. <laughs> it was very interesting. Mm. Then I found out he was associated with water. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting to me too. And we will switch over now. I'm Vishnu, God of gods, pleased and honored to be in your divine presence. And I say this because you are as divine as I. We are from the same energy. I wonder how many humans think about how you're all related. Because you think about your ancestry, and there's a great deal of thought about ancestry. And yet, we, we the spiritual world, and you, the humans, are all related. So even that organization of thought or concept or as you call it science is distracting you from the truth pretty much anything you do with your mind and your intellect is moving you further away from the truth when your mind and intellect begin to understand spiritual concepts and how to manage your own energy system, then it can be very useful. What shall I speak about today to assist everyone? I have already provided so much foundational information available to everyone, but I would say today could be the day that you begin to Just pay attention to what you are choosing to think. Your mind is running most of the time. Your mind is analyzing. It is playing out possible outcomes. It is creating stories all the time to fill in blanks. Could you bring yourself for an hour into a a very present space where you are aware of every thought Just being aware of it, not judging, just noticing. Most people cannot do that for five minutes because your world is so full of too much input. Far too much input and then you're creating even more input within your own mind. This is my first suggestion. Do you have questions for me? We do. I think, and I know you've been listening because um, of course. We, we know you have been here observing. You just think my name and I am here. Yes. So <clears throat> when we speak of you, we enjoy your practicality and your ability to share wisdom and knowledge in a way that, that we can understand as humans. Um, Keep it simple. Yes. The problem is your mind wants to complicate everything <laughs> because it usually wants to procrastinate. Mm. And it overcomplicates and it overanalyzes because you are unsure. It is making you unsure and that way you buy time. <laughs> mm. So if you can simplify everything, the most powerful spiritual techniques are the simplest. Okay. So what would you suggest? Because what you speak to is very simple when people read the words. But we've been talking about choice, as you well know. The sticking point, if that makes sense to you, for humans 
is to actually make the choice. What would you say about that choice? Because if the, the truth is evident, but we don't make that choice, what would you recommend to people mm. to do that? When you know in your gut what you are supposed to do sure. or say in a situation and then you don't, mm -hmm. well, practice doing that the next time. Don't beat yourself up if you did not follow your guidance. Just be aware and because most people are, after the fact, realizing that was their gut mm. feeling of what to do or not do. And so when you realize you have that inner knowing or gut, as you call it, then start paying more attention to it. It's all in where you put your attention. If your attention is on everyone else's behavior at work and your attention is not on how am I perceiving this, how am I labeling it or judging it, then you are still outwardly operating, operating with your lower self. So what advice or wisdom would you share with those who get stuck in that loop of um, freezing any time or, or not being able to get over that hurdle of making that choice? Because there are plenty of humans who unfortunately do do that. Mm, yes, they do. There, something has to be done to interrupt the brain pattern. Take a day off. Take a vacation. Take a different route to work. Put your clothes on a different way. Left arm first before right, if it is usually right arm first. Something to interrupt the pattern, but you must interrupt your own thought pattern. There are many ways to do this. A meditation practice is an excellent way to do this. Mm. However, most if they are operating from their lower self or their ego self are not motivated to do that. And even if they think they're motivated, it somehow works to prevent them depending on how strong the ego is. Everyone's ego is a different strength from day to day. And so that is one technique. Another technique is some kind of hypnosis. Here's another technique that you may not normally hear. Watch your news. Watch your news report. Watch for something tragic. Pay attention to something tragic and see if you can have a different point of view about it. The idea. Instead of tragic, instead of wrong, instead of bad or negative. What is another point of view? Maybe you can't think of one. But I would suggest that if you can't think of one, know that there is divine order and start to think about that as a concept. That there is a divine order of things and perhaps there was some karma taking place. That makes sense. Some resolution of karma taking place. Because once the mind recognizes something that is um, of a different frequency that takes our attention that would interrupt the brain pattern that's that's great stuff thank you mm -hmm. so and, and what I'm saying is don't buy into what everyone else believes is the truth because there's always another truth mm. so one of the things that we talked about before we started this conversation was about stillness and quiet yes how would you advise or share ideas about stillness and quiet beyond what the typical 
thought process is for humans with stillness and quiet because our perception is that things have to be still and they literally have to be quiet in the environment around. And obviously that helps. But how do you advise people to find stillness and quiet when they aren't able to say, just go to a room, close the door, turn off the lights and sit? Well, stillness, of course, is keeping the body still. If the body is in stillness, in a comfortable chair or on a bed or somewhere, wherever you are most comfortable, then it is likely that the mind will follow that. So the mind will begin to be still. If you can't quiet the mind, but you can still the body, then perhaps you focus on something. Remember when you were a child and you would watch a little ant on a journey, on a sidewalk, mm. or in the grass? Just watching that thing and nothing else, thinking only about that thing. Some use a candle flame. Some use some other focal point, something to look at. There are many videos available in your media that are just videos of a rainforest or a flower or an eagle's nest, something that you just focus on that because that will put you in the state that you're in when you are watching engrossed in a movie or engrossed in playing a game but this is more about the stillness. It's about consciously keeping the body still. Is it necessary? It is not. It is just helpful. Stillness and silence, not speaking. There are silent retreats that people go on where no one is allowed to speak, and it is very difficult at first. And after a while, it becomes very, very peaceful. Are these helpful yes yes but as we talked about uh, earlier as well um, the patience and grace that sometimes is needed for humans to practice before getting to the place that they think they want to be indeed many are freaking out as you say now in your world with all of its paradigm shifts and changes because they were not prepared for it they did not spiritually, energetically prepare themselves for dramatic change. And so you have practiced so that when something does occur or hits the fan, as you say, <laughs> then you are prepared to choose your response. You are prepared to remain peaceful and quiet inside. It's not about being quiet on the outside as much as it's being quiet on the inside. But you can't do this the first time. You must practice, as you have already said. You cannot practice riding a bicycle, or you cannot ride a bicycle the first time. You must practice it before it becomes second nature, becomes a neural pathway in the brain. Same thing with all things spiritual. So there are many humans who expect some kind of spiritual awakening and then all is well. And that is not necessarily true. Mm. Is this helpful? It is. Absolutely is. So we are also today talking about the duality of good versus bad and how that plays into um, the human's ability to look outside for 
validation, support, whatever, versus looking aside at the truth. Mm-hmm. What would you say to people about the ability to turn inward mm. and move from good, bad to what is or need necessity? Let's simplify it. You have an analogy about a glass half full or empty. Hmm. First of all, you realize you are the glass. Second, you realize you must be aware of how full is my glass. And if it is not full, then what are you filling it with? Hmm. If it is half empty, as you say, it's because you're giving too much energy out in, in Thoughts of being a victim, thoughts of anger towards someone else, thoughts of fears and anxieties that uses up too much of your energy or the water, the water in the glass. Mm -hmm. The glass is full. It's usually full of self-confidence, self-love, gratitude, these types of things. How full are you? And can you determine, can you even perhaps visualize a gauge in your mind? Zero to a hundred, like a temperature gauge. How full do I feel today? And your inner self will usually show you the number or show you where the mercury is in the, in the measurement device, the temperature gauge. How full do you feel without the need for anything outside of you to contribute to that? Even though it does, of course, nature walks do that. Loving someone, loving a pet, loving a meal, loving to cook a meal. These things do help to populate your your bank account of fulfillment. So first, notice where you think you are. And then work to change that. It's actually very simple. Does that answer the question? It does really With well. With an analogy? <laughs> yes, really does. And it's it's the duality for us as humans of what can I control? Because your analogy of the glass being half empty, um, I think we have many on this plane that look at the empty glass and say, who's going to fill it for me when mm-hmm. they aren't aware necessarily that they have the ability to fill the glass. Or they say, this is who I am. That is even more dangerous. Mm. More, not dangerous, but not helpful. Right. To say, this is who I am. I am a worrier. Or I am an overthinker. Or I am a procrastinator. Wow. Mm. That is the choice. You are choosing to be that and you are affirming it. And every time you affirm it, it becomes stronger. And it becomes your truth. Because whatever you think is, it's your truth. Mm-hmm. Well, the only truth is, I am. The only truth is, I am. Mm-hmm. And I am an aspect of source. And when I, Vishnu, say I am, I'm speaking to all of us mm-hmm. as the I am. And that is sometimes too difficult for people to understand. Mm-hmm. Yet. Yet. Because we can't. But we have planted the seed. We have planted the seed. (laughs) Is there anything else that you would offer knowing what we've spoken about today? So much. And yet, keep it simple. Simplify your life. 
whatever seems complicated, realize you have contributed to that complication. Your mind has contributed to make it complicated. You have people who change their relationship status to, it's complicated. Why? <laughs> Why is that? It shouldn't be complicated. Nothing ought to be complicated if you are aligning with your truth. Now, what does that mean? That means letting go of the mind for a while. There are many techniques to do that. You can simply imagine you're sitting on a beach and the ocean waves come in and they take away your tension and your fears. Every wave takes away something that you don't need anymore. That's one technique that many could try. <clears throat> because I remind you that whatever you visualize in your mind, your brain believes is true. And then your body follows. So if there are those who are wondering how to begin a meditation technique, it doesn't matter if you quiet your mind or not. It matters if you can focus long enough on something else, such as sitting on a beach. That is a simple one that most people can relate to. And so I would say simplify your life, simplify your mind. Look at things as there's a simpler way to do this. This could be simpler. You first must have the concept that it could be simpler or easier in order to step into that ease. But just keep, keep being aware. I would say keep working at it, but work sounds hard to almost everyone. Be diligently aware. Be diligently aware today as diligently aware as possible tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And there are times that you won't be and you will fall back into old programming. That is normal. You're retraining your mind. You're retraining yourself. You're realizing that you're not your personality. These are key pieces to spiritual enlightenment. I am Vishnu. Thank you for inviting me into your space today. My pleasure. Thank you, Vishnu. I hope that was helpful for our listeners. Mm. Almost to the point. And <laughs> yes, and I just want to share sort of my final comment from my perspective of the book is when he says the key to all experience here, controlling your thinking. When you have control over your thoughts and emotions, you are truly empowered and you are on your way to enlightenment. Mm -hmm. hmm, thank you, Vishnu. Mm -hmm. And thank you, Jeffrey. Oh, thank you. What a great conversation again today. Yes. Hope everybody can benefit from that. And if you're interested in Vishnu Speaks, it's available from me directly. If you'd like a signed copy, you can get that from cindyriggs.com. Or on Amazon, it's also available on, as a Kindle version. Mm -hmm. We hope that you'll enjoy it. Please give us your feedback. We'll see you next time. Thank you, and thank yourself for taking the time to entertain some new spiritual concepts today. I hope it has been interesting and or helpful. You can find Cindy's channel books on Amazon. Kindle versions also available. And visit my website, cindyriggs.com.